This is the Ordained Educator Podcast, and I'm your host, Bridget Jackson. For almost three decades, I have lived and loved doing one of the greatest passions on earth, educating. I'm an ordained educator. If you're listening to this podcast, you were destined to do what you're doing too. You were ordained to impact others. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome back, listeners. We have with us today a special treat on our part four of our series, Trauma-Informed Decisions. This episode is for anyone that works with young people. It is to help encourage you and to get in front of helping our young people through stress, anxiety, and trauma that they have gone through. Our special guest today is Trisha Duckworth. Trisha is a social worker, and a social injustice activist. She is the founder of Survivors Speak and is great in helping all around our country. Let's get into our interview. We have with us today for our series part four, Trauma-Informed Decisions, Trisha Duckworth. She's going to tell us a little bit about her background and experience. Thank you so much for having me um, on, Bridget. I truly appreciate um, this platform and everything that you are doing to spread awareness. But when it comes to my background, basically, I am a social worker by profession. Um, I received my master's degree from the University of Southern California and have went on to do what I call freelance social work in the community. I am the director of programming and outreach at SOAR, which I volunteered there, and also um, had my own agency, Survivor Speak, in which we basically provide a voice or a platform for taboo topics and social injustices through community conversations. Well, that is much needed. So we appreciate your work in the community because that's an area that we can keep on and keep on, keep on working in. Today, we're just going to talk about trauma-informed decisions, and this series is for parents, it's for educators, it's for child care providers, anyone is touching our young people. We had this series going, but we also wanted to really have it going even more, so I have, instead of twice a week podcasts, we're doing daily podcasts to help our listening audience during this um, COVID. Now, we don't want people to be afraid, and we're not scared, and we're not fearful, I'm a believer, you're a believer. And so we have the faith base. We know that we are in uh, God's hands and protection. But at the same time, we want to use our natural skills to be able to maneuver and pivot, if you will. Um, I was reading a book last year called Pivot. And Phenomenal Book talks about pivoting with your career, with your life and everything. And that's literally what we're having to do right now. We literally had to adjust immediately. I left a couple weeks ago to go to uh, Florida. When I left, we had, and I'm podcasting for Michigan listening audience. When I left for Florida, we had no cases. Now we have over 50 cases. We've literally added over 20 cases in the state of Michigan overnight. Well, I don't want people to be fearful, but I do want us to, again, use our natural talents, our skill set, our wealth of intelligence that God has given us to make sure that we're taking care of our young people. 
And so, Trishay, I want you to talk a little bit about that. If you want to share anything about your uh, faith in all of this, go ahead. But then I want, let's talk about engaging in meaningful activities for our young people. Okay. You know, I'll say this. I believe that this is something that is very serious. I have my concerns about why it happened, okay, that I'll just keep to myself. But I do say that it's something that's very serious and it's something that people really, really need to adjust. And like you said, we've had to adjust overnight. So a lot of people were not ready. You know, these aren't conversations that a lot of people have in the home with their children where if this happens, then we do this. If there's a fire, you go there. Like these just aren't conversations that a lot of people that I know, I'll say, don't they don't have with their children. And so our children have been thrust into this new life, which that, that, and I'll just say, even as an adult, how alarming it's been. I don't want to say alarming, but just annoying and irritating and all the panic purchasing, just all of the mayhem going on, how much stress I know that I have felt through it. I can only imagine a child. That's what we're talking about. And that's why we're talking about it. If we as adults who we have a little bit more experience on how to process our emotions, how to handle anxiety, or sometimes we think we know how to handle anxiety and stress, it comes and everything. Just again, imagine our young people. And when we're talking about our young people on this podcast, we don't want to exclude our college age. Um, I can't even imagine what some of them, um, some of them have been stuck at the universities, not able to get home, the universities, several of them, you know, across the, well, not several, hundreds of them across the country have shut down and some of them were just abandoned. Thank God we have agencies that have stepped in and are offering flights home or relocation for them to, you know, homes for them to stay in. We see a lot of people being philanthropic right now and they have been overly caring. I am seeing that, I'm seeing both, um, but I, I'm not seeing enough of um, the compassion and the empathy, empathy that's needed in this time. Um, although people are now starting to step up more, you know, I, I was in the store this morning and I thought it was so funny because I have been like stalking this store for four days, you know, because I'm trying to get things for my parents so that they don't have to go out. And so finally the truck came in, you know, so everybody's waiting outside the door. And so we get in and everybody's going about getting their things. And so they hadn't finished unloading the truck. And so they were coming out little by little with stuff. And so um, was the African-American gentleman there with two of them and they were just cracking jokes and getting stuff. But as they were getting things, like this man was handing them things from the truck, they were bringing it to us. Like he was like, oh, do you need some of these? Do you need some of these? He's going around the store. Taking, he only took two, one for himself, one for his mom. Same thing for me. I took one for myself, one for my mom. But he's going around the store trying to make sure that everyone gets a piece of the pie, right? We're not seeing that, but that's what we need to see. We have to have a philanthropic movement right now. Like myself, I am now on today. I just made the announcement. We are going to reach out to our elderly 
um, citizens. And for those that have a need and need to go to the store, we'll make the store run for them. We will take the things back to their home, bleach wipe them off, sit them outside their door so they don't even have to make a point of contact with us, right? Mm -hmm. We really want to keep them safe. But these are the type of things that we need to see in this time. And if we bring and usher that spirit in, then our children will be able to ease their stress a little yes. bit because they feed off of our energy. Yes, yes, yes. Emotions yesterday on the podcast, I had a uh, personal empowerment um, coach and that was one of the things that she was sharing, emotions transfer. And we have to realize that. We have to really realize that and keep ours in check because again, our children, they're watching us, you know, whether we think they are or not, they really are watching us. So let's put it on an upbeat. Let's talk about some engaging and meaningful things that our young people can do. As a social worker and, and some of the things that you've done in some of the settings, what's some healthy things that as child care providers, whatever our titles are with our young people, what's some things that we could do to help them have a healthy and mentally and physically healthy outlook? You know what? I actually sent some things out to parents um, it's something that I've seen. And I'll tell you this, the most important thing that we can do right now for our children is maintain their schedule. Yes. Maintain their schedule. So I, I have this daily schedule here. It says before 9 a.m., wake up. That means they're going to eat their breakfast, do everything they need to do, you know, put their PJs in the laundry because you got to give them the accountability too, right? Because we're trying to help our children grow up in this hour. Uh, and then they do a morning walk. Then at 10 o'clock, they got academic time, 11 o'clock creative time, 12 noon lunch, 12.30 chore time. Got to get those chores done. <laughs> then they have a quiet time. They have a quiet time from 1 to 2.30. Then 2.30 to 4, back to academic time. Then they got an afternoon fresh air. They can go outside, run around, do another walk. Then you got your dinner. And then, this is what I like. They don't even touch the TV until 6 p.m. Yes. No TV at all until 6 p.m. and only until 8 p.m. And that should also be structured programming because what's happening is this. These kids are getting everything from the radio. They're yes. watching us watch CNN all day. They're taking all of this mayhem into their spirit. Plus the fact that they know they're supposed to be in school and now they're not for three to four weeks because of this. So again, we've got to watch what we put on our children and, and allow them to take into their spirits. And so don't cut that TV on until 6 p.m. and keep that day structured. And then that'll be a little bit of normalcy for them in yes. the midst of drama. Yes, and normalcy is so very, very important. Again, those clear routines, very, 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 very uh, vital for our children. But one of the things as, as parents, and you know, my children are all grown now and I have grandchildren, but one of the things that I had to laugh, whenever I would set um, some type of, if they had uh, lost a privilege and they were put on punishment, that means you have to punish the parents too. So there's a punishment there too. So <laughs> if you lost, um, say, for instance, when my children were in high school, um, depending on what happened, if I said, okay, you can't go to the baseball game. Well, if you can't go to the baseball game, that means as mom, I had to make sure that they didn't go to the baseball game. So therefore I had to monitor that. That means that adults have to have some structure, have to have some balance, 
has to make sure they have routines. And so that's the piece that's so very crucial. You know, if we want our children to have normalcy, which we need to let them have, you know, again, I believe, you know, maybe they could have a few days, you know, because again, we're going to be out for it, but not every single day. They need to be able to have the structure. And one of the things as an educator that I'm concerned with is that in the summer times, the summer months for our states that still have an academic calendar on the industrial schedule where they have the summers off, they have what's called summer slide. And we're going to have that same thing happen right now if, again, as you just said, they're not engaged and they don't have those daily routines. But academics definitely needs to have that. And screen time needs to be limited. You know, one uh, of the things that we recommend as educators is two hours a day screen time. And so we need to keep that up. And if they're doing some things, making sure that that screen time is educational. Very, very important. Um, So let's talk a little bit about our soul. And our soul care being very, very important. So as a social worker, what would you say mentally? What are some things I know you just said, you know, making sure that that information intake is kept to a minimum. What's some other mental little quick things that we can do mentally to keep ourselves together? You know, I'll tell you one of the biggest things that we don't do with our children. And I don't know why, because they're already doing it on their own is communicating with them about real life things in a manner that is tasteful, in a manner that doesn't cause any trauma. But we have to keep that open line of communication with our children. So that could look like, hey, just want to check in. What's going on? How are you feeling? I think we need to really, really ask our children more how they are feeling. That's why feelings get bottled up so much and they don't talk about it. And then it comes out in another manner is because they do have them. And if we're not allowing them to express them in a healthy manner, then we're going to see it in manners which are not pleasing. And sometimes that person winds up doing things at a young age that really could land them in prison for the rest of their lives. Oh, yeah. Communication is really, really key. You just gave me an idea. One of the things you just made me think about is one of the things that we would do in the classrooms when children, uh, especially children that have behavioral issues, they could document how they were feeling. And so that's something maybe I'll upload in our show notes, uh, uh, a sheet that parents can have or educators can have. But they have different faces on them where they can let let you know how they're feeling. But the idea that you just gave me was even taking sticky notes and putting sticky notes on the mirrors, on their bedroom doors or different places so that they could talk and you could talk to them. One, that's two things that's happening. You're um, developing writing skills, but you're also allowing them to communicate and talk about how they're feeling. And if they're anxious, dealing with that, giving them the time, but also allowing them that opportunity to be able to talk. I think parents and child care providers should always be a safe haven for children. They should be able to come to us and talk to us. And, and I'll say this, let me add to that, because a lot of times children need to feel safe to do that. And unfortunately, especially in, I want to say, more rigid style homes, that is just not possible. There's you do what I say, and that's that. And it kind of shuts down the voice of the child. But when you say about the sticky notes, I love that. I love that because it gets them used to expressing how they feel. 
And, and it's not a long drawn out conversation too, right? Because we know with our youth, sometimes that's hard for them to sit down and really talk about things like that. So another thing that I would think that could add to that is do a point system. Because a lot of times you got to pull stuff out of kids because they're not going to just talk to you like that. So if you say, hey, if you share three fillings a week with me, you'll get X, Y, and Z. You'll get an extra $5 with your allowance or you'll be able to go get a snack or something like that that would build up their momentum to actually share by way of incentives. Very, very important because, again, we know that communication is very, very vital. And a lot of people don't, our young people don't necessarily just do that. Unless, unless you're the type of kid that that's what you do. But a, a lot of children are just not normally, you know, I'm just going to talk. You know, out of my children, I had two that were very talkative and two that I had to pull everything out of. And it's, it's amazing to see different personalities and just knowing that with your children. So if you have one of those type of children that they're not going to just communicate, you want to check in because you want to make sure that, again, they're having some healthy self-conversations. So, yeah. So let's talk about why we just talked about that. And so you just brought up a good point. Communication is really, really key. We don't want them bottling up because depression is really serious. And so when I was looking up some facts about depression, we don't wanna have this conversation. We're not fearful. So we're not sharing this at all um, to our listening audience. We want you to understand we're not sharing this because we want a panic, but we do believe in being proactive. And there are going to be some children that are going to pull and pull in from this. Not necessarily they'll go into depression, but you don't want depression to set in either. And so we want to talk about a couple points on depression. Trisha, this is one of the facts that I uh, pulled up about depression that kind of blew my mind. Normally, in normal situations, normal life happenings, not in the middle of pandemic, depression affects about 2% of from preschoolers to school-age children. You know, that doesn't seem like it's big. What's your take on that? First of all, that number is a lot higher. Yes. I know it is just on, on two simple points that the there are certain demographics of individuals and, and, and communities that are not even um, addressing their mental health needs at all. You, you have parents that aren't addressing their mental health needs, so you know that they're not going to be proactive um, all the time in addressing their child's mental needs. So you've got a demographic that are out here suffering from depression that are un that's untouched. When exactly. people, I think people need to understand and take these numbers seriously, or the fact that children can even be battling depression seriously. I've heard parents say, oh, they just need to just get over it. You need to just stop that and no, take it seriously every time. I was sharing with someone earlier. I battled suicidal ideation from the age of four years old. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I wanted to die. I didn't feel comfortable in this earth. I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel, so I just knew I wanted to be out of here. Then when I grew older and I got more experience, I could start to put a name on it. And then I could start to put more thoughts in it. But that seed was planted. And when it comes to depression, I battled depression in the womb. And the Holy Spirit showed me that. Mm -hmm. Because my mother was depressed. 
And because when you, and, and they say zero to six months, psychologists say that you, whatever you have, you impose upon your child. So here I am. I came here with a depressed demeanor. Yes. And, and then and I, I remember them. I'm just going to say, I agree 100% with you with that. Yes. So it, it, I just, I just think that people need to take it seriously. And especially now. some things kids just can't get over with i mean you know this is a big thing for school to just be canceled out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and they have interruption in their daily schedule like that and a lot of people think oh kids they're gonna love it and that's gonna be fun no their psyche already has signaled that something is wrong yes yes and they'll be okay for a few days you know, but then the honeymoon will get over and then all of this, uh, like you just said earlier, hysteria and all the mayhem and all of that stuff. And then it gets serious, like, okay, what's going on? I've never had to experience this. I was sharing with somebody the other day when we had the total blackout back in um, 2003. We had a total blackout across the East Coast. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was crazy. It was something out of a movie. And, and my daughter, who is now, you know, again, adult and a very healthy adult, but she went back to that the other day when we were having a conversation. I mean, it hit her just like that. She says, mom, do you remember that? And then she was, went to talking about how fearful she was. And she was in the fifth grade during that time. So I'm like, can you imagine Actually, she was in the fourth grade. She was in the fourth grade. So can you imagine what our children are going through with this? That was just a a few days. Like, and we didn't know what was going to happen. So we went into panic and, you know, people were again trying to get ice and they were trying to get, because all of our, our utilities were gone and they were just trying to survive, you know, again, water, gas, you know, for the cars, just, they didn't know what to do. So people just went crazy. And that was just for a few days. So, and that was just a few states. That wasn't even the whole entire country that experienced it. And so just imagine now, we're talking about the entire world. And so again, we're not living in fear. So I want the listening audience to hear me say that over and over again, but we do want to make sure we jump in front of stuff. Childhood depression is real. And we want the listening audience to, to take this into, take it in and really, really make sure that you keep that in front of you. Now, I believe in prayer, and I've prayed over all of my children, but that does not mean that they did not have to experience things. As you just said, Trisha, you know, with my um, second oldest, I was going through and battling depression with her, and it carried on. When she was birthed, she was, she was a calm child, but once she got older, there were some things that came out. And so it's real. It really is real. And so we want to pay attention to that. Suicide. Um, The statistics say that suicide is the third leading cause of death in children ages 10 to 24. So we really want that. So what what do you want to say on that note? So suicide now is reaching children eight, nine years old. Yes. and I think you shared this with me and some other people did as well about the nine-year-old girl. I believe she was down South and she was experiencing bullying 
uh, bullying and racism, she uh, took her life. And so again, here we have another example of people not understanding the load that children go through, which is one of the biggest reasons why we as Survivors Speak do our bullying, um, anti-bullying campaign, right? Because we understand the serious nature of it. We also understand that the one that imposes the pain, the actual bully, is one that is filled with trauma themselves. Because no person would hurt another person if they, in fact, themselves weren't hurting. And so we've got to be able to deal with that trauma on both ends because suicide is real. Even right out here in Belleville, um, I believe it's in the last two years or since 2017, there have been three to four children to just lay down over the tracks and allow the train to run right over them. You know, what amount of depression is someone filled with to want to take in that much pain and in their life that tragically? Yes. This is serious. And we've got, we've got to take a serious look at this. And we, we can't just look at it. We've got to be proactive and take these measures so that we can save lives. Very much. And so that's what this is. So this is not a Debbie Downer conversation. This is a real conversation. And let's help our young people. And one of the best things we can do is just, again, be that person for them. Be that sounding board. Put things in place. Again, children need, you said it earlier, Trisha, we need structure. Structure is so important. And so we don't want to discount, again, depression. Because again, one of my statistics that I found for young people is that from ages five and up, depression is the leading cause for disability in the United States. So people that are getting um, social security benefits, the number one leading factor for that is they have some type of depression. Wow. So this is not something that is, it will, it's just, no, this is real. This is really real. And one of the things that we're finding, because this is, I want to bring this up because we've had a lot of stuff on social media about faith-based um, and the people saying about, you know, being scared and closing down churches. And I, I, I'm not scared to close down churches. And I really believe that we should. But at the same time, we cannot discount what other people are feeling because we do have, we have pastors that are committed suicide. Yeah. Stress and everything. So we really do need to take a look at this. God is able, I believe, to do all things. And I believe we can put everything in his hand. But we need to really, as a, a country, take a serious look at mental health. So what's your, what's your take on that? You know what? Uh, God is our end all, our be all, right? But when it comes to God, he did something so grand and amazing right from the beginning. He told us, he said, you have dominion yes. over this earth. Mm -hmm. And I look at the state of the earth and I say, my God, we study praying to God for the answer. And he said, I gave you the answer. It's you. And so what we need to really, really do is understand that, A, we can't pray everything away. We have to deal with things in this natural realm. And when we do that, then we can see results. We are spirit beings, but we are also wrapped in this fleshly body, right? Mm -hmm. So we cannot continue to be so heavenly bound that we are no earthly good, right? We all have to have respect, love for one another, have compassion, have empathy, and understand that 
you don't never know what somebody is going through. Exactly. You just said, and I'm sorry, I'm thinking about that pastor that um, we probably all seen on the internet that, that took his life. Yes. You never know what people are going through. So that small act of kindness or, or that small, that's what needs to happen in this time. This is a time for God to show up and show himself mighty in this earth. And how does that happen? He doesn't miraculously come down out of the sky. No, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It comes through us. Yes. Yes. You just touched on something. You just made me think about another book um, that I read. I actually read this book every year and it's called Spirit Life Training. And in it, it talks about our three parts of us as human beings. So we're spirit we're flesh and we're soul and our soul realm is made up of five parts our imagination our memory our emotions our intellect and our will so you just talked about so we do have a will and god is never going to overcome our will but we also we have an imagination that we have to keep in check so that goes into that depression piece. We have memory. So that's where we hold on to those painful moments and everything. We have emotions. Like I say, that we transfer into other people. And we have intellect. And that's what we're doing right now. We're having that conversation in the soul realm. We understand the spirit, but we also are in the soul. And so our soul realm needs to keep those five parts in check. And so it's just really amazing. So we cannot, you know, discount um, depression at all. You know, it's real. It's really real. And so for our listening audience, we're sharing with you tidbits. Again, this is not a Debbie Downer. This is not, this is a, let's be real. But at the same token, we're here on the line telling you that we have some resources for you. We have some help for you. We're going to make some ways. We're going to do some connections and things like that. We're going to make sure that we can connect you with different things. And so if you're listening to this right now and you know of people that need help, in our show notes, we're gonna have contact information and we will get back with you to give you some more resources if you need them. But we don't want one child, young person, whether they're a baby or whether they're a college age student to suffer. They're one of our most vulnerable populations along with our elderly. You know, and so we want to look out for both of them. So, Trisha, do you have any other um, things that you want to add to this conversation? You know, I I just want to say thank you again for even having these conversations. You know, a lot of times when we see certain behaviors in people, we dismiss it as, oh, they're this, they're that. But we really need to start looking at this trauma-informed piece whenever we run into certain things that we don't understand. Because I'm telling you, we have a population of people running around that are just broken and that are hurting. They're transferring this pain onto their children. And the thing about it is it's a hurtful thing to see, but at the end of the day, they can't help it. You know what I mean? It's just that cycle that is perpetuated and the, the pain that they probably even received. And so you see it just passed down generations, right? And in our community, we don't, a lot of us, we don't go and, and seek out mental health services but we really need to start doing that more. We've got to get to the point where we step out of our box of what we've always done and do what's right for our children and our community. Because if we start taking our mental health seriously, 
a lot of our physical ailments will disappear because mostly a lot of things that we <laughs> suffer from physically are because of the emotions and the stress that we deal with that we that's how we pack it away we pack it yes. away with pain. yes and so I if we can agree. begin to deal with these things if we can be if we can be that holistic person right doing the things that we need to do in this earthly realm realizing that God is in control and that we have dominion over this earth and that we can speak things and, and cast it into the existence, right? Into manifestation. If we understand all of that holistically, we can have a well-balanced life, but we have to get there. We have to take baby steps and it starts with addressing our mental health in our own lives as adults and definitely in the lives of our children. Exactly. So what uh, resources or how can people contact you if they need support or, again, resources? So there are a lot of resources that are, are, are happening now. Um, there are a lot of food giveaways that, that are going on. I'm telling you, if you look onto Facebook um, and you just Google things in your area, you will see them pop up. Um, I know if you're in the Ypsilanti area, there's a church down here that's offering daycare free daycare for your children from ages five to 13. I believe the church is called Fresh Start, uh, Pastor Cannon. You know, um, Bishop Horace Sheffield, I wanna say, they have a lunch system. You can pull up and get seven days worth of lunches there. Gleaners is getting ready to have a system where people can pull up and get groceries. So there's so much happening that is a fingertip away. Just Google and stay tuned on Facebook. Um, Survivors Speak, we are out, we are willing because we're not scared and we believe that we are protected and we believe that we should be serving in this hour. So we're committed to um, be there for our youth and for um, our elderly. If you know anyone that needs service, if we can't provide that service personally, we will refer people to um, resources that we know of. And so individuals can give us a call at 734-252-6075 or um, our Facebook page, Survivor Speak, or by email, survivors with an s speak est 2018 at gmail.com please reach out we want to be there we want to serve in this hour we love you all and we believe that love is what is going to cast all of this fear down exactly well we definitely thank you for your time today um Trisha, we thank you for your expertise and your input um for those that are listening we have listeners all across the country and so Trisha is in ypsilanti michigan but if you're not in the in michigan and you're in other areas we definitely one of the things that we've been able to start doing is tapping into networks and so if you can't find something I guarantee you, if you get on in your social circle and ask someone, people have been really, really willing to help. And so we want no one to be alone in this situation. And that's, right. a, a last, that's another last minute one I want to say um, to you, Trisha. One of the things that we've just been saying is with all of this social distancing that everyone is is recommending which again the cdc has a, a, a rightful i believe they have a, a rightful reason for wanting to do that 
as we look at our numbers, we went from, again, the beginning of March, 150 uh, people affected to over 3,000 in literally two weeks. There's a reason that they have that. But at the same time, we're human beings and we're social people. <laughs> That's right, where social right. comes from. And so not having those connections and not touching one another is, is going to have some mental reverbs, you know, to it. I, I really do believe that I'm a touchy feely person. And so for those people that they need that and that's how they communicate, that's how they go along um, life, you know, so we really need to just make sure that we're still continue to stay in touch. You said that, Shay, appreciate that input, connecting with folks and looking out for one another, any platform that you have, even going yeah. back, just the old school telephone, pick it up, call somebody. Telephone, but even if sometimes people need to see, people got FaceTime, and even if you go to Zoom.com, Zoom.com will give you a free face-to-face with up to 100 people for 40 minutes at a time, as much as you want. You can connect with your whole entire family life. You don't have to be alone in this hour. And for hermits like myself, you know, we standing tall right now. (laughs) But we do understand that there are individuals that definitely, definitely need that touch and that feel and just, you know, to know that someone is there. So I definitely would recommend Zoom. We have family prayer on Zoom once a month, which we're probably going to increase. But it is a great way to connect with your family as a whole and get everyone together at one time. And I you got to do is set the link up click a button and your family can be enjoying each other all together so there are definite ways that you all can still connect and like she said good old-fashioned phone for those and let's remember our seniors yes seniors out here that don't have children they don't have many loved ones let's remember our seniors please 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 and let's not be so scared that we reach out to those who need us in this hour as well thank you i will let that be the last words we thank you so much again and we look forward to more conversations on our podcast ordained educator thank you thank you bye-bye as we always say with each episode Coach me and I will learn. Challenge me and I will grow. Believe in me and I will win. You are winners. We can get through this trauma. Thank you for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast and we'd love your comments and feedback. Our information is listed in our show notes. This podcast episode was brought to you by Ubuntu Press. You can find out more at www.ubuntupress.org. Ubuntu means I am because we are.